0: Hi, everybody. This is Norman with our daily podcast, We Go For It. This is season two, We Go For It, sharing stories and observations for the boldly aspiring underdogs. And this is episode 14, the underdog who feels like an underdog versus the underdog who is completely unaware of their underdog status. Who are you? And how do we account for the difference between these two? I'd like to talk about a word that I find important. It's been significant for me as a representation of the obstacles that I face when I've gone after my goals, and that's the buzzsaw. You know, a buzzsaw, for those who are not familiar with the term, is your worst case scenario. When you walk into a buzzsaw, you are walking into the worst possible thing that you could encounter. Now, I've had my exp- my own share of buzzsaw experiences, I'm sure you have as well. And what in particular stands out because when it comes to disasters, it was an unqualified completely I say 100% disaster. I don't think that you could come up with a bigger disaster with relation to what I was trying to do than this one and it has to do with baseball. Way back when uh, when I was a kid growing up I wanted to play baseball I was on a team I was terrible and I you know little by little I started to get better and this was when I was a kid we're talking between the ages of 11 and 14 and I've written a book about it part of my experience and that's another thing to talk about later but I had this uniquely horrific experience on the baseball diamond. Nothing tragic, mind you, but horrific. You see, I wanted to be a pitcher. I had already proven myself uh, on the team after several years. I was hitting pretty well. I was fielding well. I was mostly playing um, third base. And I wanted to be a pitcher. For those of you who are not familiar, that's the guy who throws the ball. And, you know, I really pushed my agenda and I had this picture in my mind. I'm going to be a pitcher. I'm going to be a great pitcher. And uh, I, I practiced in my own way. I never really got a chance. I kept on telling my coach I'd, I'd like to try. And, of course, we all have our heroes and whatnot. And I followed them. I watched my baseball heroes trying to mimic them and imitate the way they, they threw the ball, etc., etc. And one day in some way i was given the opportunity to pitch now i was playing in the on the on the parish varsity team so we were our school was playing other schools within the archdiocese of brooklyn and this particular game took us up against i don't know the name of the team but we were playing at prospect park uh, one of their baseball diamonds and I remember that my coach said, okay, Norman, you're going to pitch today. You're going to start the game. I was excited. I was so excited. It's something I, I had quote unquote prepared for. It's something I really wanted. I was very excited. And waiting for me on the baseball field was the buzz song. I remember clearly walking to the pitcher's mound for the first time and I stood there, and I looked down to home plate where I'm supposed to throw the ball, and the catcher there waiting for me. And I and I remember my first thought was, "Wow, that's far." <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, "How am I going to get the ball that far?" I had never, I had never in my mind imagined that it, it was that far from the pitcher's mound to the catcher. Okay. It's sixty feet six inches, if I remember correctly, in the pros. And um, any of you who know baseball will 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 immediately understand that if that's how you're responding the first time, you're probably in for a lot of trouble. And I was, you see, in baseball when the pitcher, the guy who throws the ball, he needs to get the ball over home plate in in a in a particular area. That where the, the batter, the guy with the stick, where he can hit the ball, and it's a zone. It's a zone that he has to throw it to, and if he gets it, if he throws the ball inside that zone, it's a strike, and if the batter hits it, that's fine. If he throws the ball outside the zone, it's called a ball, and if he throws four pitches outside the zone for a batter, then that's called a a walk, and the batter is given a free passage to first base. He goes right to first base. No problems. Okay? So, if you get four balls thrown outside that zone, called a strike zone, then the batter is given a free pass to first base. It so happens that in my inglorious stint as a starting pitcher, I faced nine batters, nine individual players, and I threw 36 pitches, and I walked everybody. Now, you do the math. That means that I threw 36 consecutive balls outside the strike zone. I could not get one pitch in the zone. Nine people consecutively were given a free pass to first base, and I clearly remember how horrible I felt trying to get that damn ball over the plate, trying to throw it in the zone. I couldn't get one. Finally, after the ninth guy was walked to first base, and you know, and then we pushed some. They obviously they were scoring runs simply by by because I was walking people. The coach finally came out and they took me out. And you can, you know how badly you're doing when the opposing team starts to complain because they're taking you out. So the other guys, they were, they were visibly upset, you know, half mockingly saying, oh, how, why are you taking him out? He's like our 10th player. You know why? Hey, hey, Keep him in the game. I mean, I, I, I must say they didn't beat me they did not beat me because I never gave them the chance to. I walked all of them. Everybody was given a free pass to first base. So I remember, I think it lasted about 15 minutes, the ordeal, maybe a bit longer. And it was really funny though, because I mean, at the, I think I was about 13 at the time and that was an ordeal. That was tough. I mean, Talk about it. embarrassment. I think we had like 100 people watching that game. You know, we had parents and other kids and, of course, their team. And everybody was kind of pissed that this was happening. But there were, you know, for a kid, it's quite a few people. Not a big deal, but for me, yes. And they were all watching. So I went through this ordeal in slow motion, you know, walking people, ball one, ball two, ball three, ball four, over and over again, nine times. And I remember walking off the pitcher's mound, going back to the to our to our side of the field, the dugout, quote unquote, and you know, just kind of you know uh stood there, sat there. And but what was really funny is that I didn't feel bad. I didn't cry. I didn't feel like a loser. I didn't feel like I was terrible. Actually, I was more pissed off, angry, because I didn't... I didn't do it well. And I was thinking to myself right away, what did I do wrong? What could I have done to do better? Now, I think I had the presence of mind for a number of reasons. And I'm going to share those with you because I think maybe some of what I learned might resonate with some of the stories you guys have. And at the same time, maybe what helped me might be things we can access, you, me, as we you know go after other objectives and goals. And I think one of the things, the reason why I responded as I did, and I think the first thing was was love. You know, I really loved baseball. I loved playing the game. I I just really got a kick. Out. I loved playing. I loved the New York Yankees. We're talking about the the late '70s. I loved the New York Yankees. I loved Thurman Munson. I loved Catfish Hunter, who I was trying to imitate. These were baseball heroes. So I really just the game. I love that. I loved the game. I loved the the people involved. So I was very clear with myself about what I was doing and why I was doing it. So I felt really, you know, I had gone through a a few difficult years already trying to improve. So, you know, I was like, okay, you know, uh, I I love this anyway. I'd gone through some tough times. So I really feel that the fact that I love the sport so much just kind of gave me an attitude of, well, okay. Uh, I I love playing the game. I keep playing. I mean, uh, it it almost felt normal that I was gonna mess it up so badly. The second thing was the desire. I I I really I really wanted to play. I just had this strong desire to play. I it was I don't know anybody who's played organized sports, whether it's on a team or alone. Me, it's mostly been on teams: basketball and baseball. Um, there's that feeling of nerves before a game. As you're, if you're, it's baseball, as you're, you know, as you, you get your glove on, you got your uniform, you go out onto the field, you, just the smells, the field, the the, the dirt, you're, it's so, I don't know, I could, I could smell all that today and it, I would be transported back in time and it it was it was a mix of excitement and fear and unknown and I really love that. It was such a great feeling, that that feeling of nerves. And you weren't sure what was going to happen. Were you going to win? Were you going to do a good job? Were you going to get hit by the ball? It was just a great... and I loved it. It was a real desire to play. And I think another thing also was curiosity. You see, I was convinced that if I tried to imitate the delivery, the way of throwing the ball as one of my heroes, Jim Catfish Hunter, what a great name that I would be pretty good. Well, it didn't work. I obviously, (laughs) it was going to take a lot more than an imitation to make me good. But I thought, okay, well, this approach is not working. So immediately I was curious. I was thinking, okay, this didn't work. So I might have to figure out another approach because I really want this. You know, I I really want to do this. I really want to be a pitcher. And so, it, you know, the curiosity, you know, what went wrong? Why did I stink up the joints so badly? What was I going to do if I got another chance, which looked pretty bleak at that time? Um, what, what was I going to do differently? Would I know what to do differently? And I had to go back. It's kind of like going back to the laboratory and, and rethinking, saying this didn't work. So I need to figure this thing out. And I need to figure it out now. Now, it really helped that because I love playing baseball, I was immersed in the game. So, for me to spend my days or whatever leisure time I had to, you know, thinking about baseball, throwing a ball against the wall, oiling the glove, practicing, going out, playing with friends, whatever it was that had to do with baseball, I was in. And it didn't feel like a burden because I loved what I was doing. So, that kind of led to that curiosity. I was looking at it more like, I don't know, like like a craft. Like there's something that's not going well and I need to fix that. And, you know, I had proven myself, as I said before, as a hitter and as a fielder, I was pretty good from from being totally zero at the very beginning. And so I guess I had a bit of confidence that I figured I could figure this out. I figured out hitting. That's also in the story that I wrote. And uh, maybe that gave me a bit of a, a, a reference, a resource, and also focus. You know, I I chose to focus on a solution. I didn't know about all that. I didn't. I had never read a Bob Proctor book, or I had never heard a seminar. I mean, I was eleven years old, twelve, whatever, thirteen, actually. And uh, but I I guess when I look back, I say, well, th- what did I think about? It? Well, I was focusing on how I was going to get better. I wasn't focusing on the fact that everybody was laughing at me, which is really not true. Just the other team was laughing at me. Actually, my own team—it was interesting, and I think that also has something to do with it. As, as a young person, is that the other my team? They were angry because I really played badly, but they didn't bother me. They didn't—they didn't come over to me and and raz me or or anything. You know, they—they they didn't say anything. <laughs> They didn't say anything, I think. It was more like, okay, you know, whatever. Let's get on and play. I mean, we got our butts kicked that day. They were a better team anyway. But what I'm saying is that I think that also helped. There was no body there trying to put me down. I had proven myself already as a player in other positions. And so they probably thought, okay, you know, um, he hits pretty well and he hits well and we're going to we're going to use him in other positions, so not, nothing to worry about. Nothing to thin. You know, this happens. Okay, so I think that helped. It really did, and that combination of things got me thinking for this podcast. And it was well, what were the things that I did that could help me today? And as I look back, I realize that those elements that I talk about a lot. You know, I'm 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 kind of getting old, and so I start to repeat myself. And you know, these things about love and desire, curiosity, in order to remain in a resourceful state, which I learned about, by the way, by reading a fabulous book by Tony Robbins about 20 years ago. And That's that that help that added something just just to put that in there. Remember, none of these ideas are mine. I lay no claim to any of these ideas. These ideas have been articulated and will continue to be articulated in great books and great projects and great seminars. I'm just sharing right now. And that, that idea of curiosity going back to that of being in a resourceful state, how to alter your state if you're feeling bad, get curious. If you're feeling upset about something, if you are in danger of feeling sorry for yourself, stop and get curious. Start asking, okay, well, what can I do to feel better? Not to feel better, excuse me. What can I do to get better? What can I do to improve this result? What can I do to improve? And you start to get pragmatic. You start to get curious about... Pragmatic solution. I'm all for pragmatic solutions. I am an idealist. I really am. I'm a romantic. I am an. I am an. And I am a disgustingly um, intense romantic. If you want to say, I, I really believe in, in in love and emotions and all that. And but at the same time, at the same time, I'm very pragmatic about how to accomplish something. And I think it's important. I'm not saying be like me. Who am I? I'm nobody. However, there are things that we can learn from. And I think that what really helps in order to, for you to get the best out of yourself, out of your immense talents and abilities, is to make sure you're in the right state. And I think that really helped me. Building on a base, a strong base of love and desire and wanting to play baseball, wanting to be a pitcher, and then curiosity. How am I going to figure this out? How am I going to make this better? And I think that it was those lessons or those things that I just maybe did naturally I don't know it doesn't really matter but I did it and it did help me finally I fixed a few things (laughs) I got a second chance and I actually became a very competent pitcher in my last two years of playing little league baseball that's it no big leagues no heroic story But definitely a reference for me as I have moved on into other areas of my life. And it's my sincere hope that maybe these little stories and these little lessons, as we call them, might, you know, might give you another thing to think about. Something, uh, a hook, an angle, a way to get maybe to where you want to go a bit faster or maybe a bit smoother with a little bit less emotional, emotional collateral damage. I don't know. I hope it does. It does provide some service to you, and uh, and there we go. I just want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for, for giving for for giving me your time and listening to this podcast. Um, it's always a, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be able to share my stories and to share my ideas. And if I can touch one person with them and maybe make things a bit easier in their in their uh, in their travails or as they embark on their adventures to achieve their own goals then I I think I've maybe done something. Take good care of yourselves. Have a great day. Have a great morning, a great evening, wherever you are around the world. And I look forward to sharing more stories and more ideas tomorrow. See you soon.